the college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win up to $500. All right, already. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience, everybody. My name is Noah Beanick, aka 77, and we're here to recap week 12 of college baseball. What we're going to do is we're going to start off the show with this ever evolving just dump of news with college baseball gambling in general, and then also talk about. We're going to recap the weekend, some of our biggest winners and losers. Then we're going to do bracketology for the first time on this college baseball show. Um, If you guys listen to the college basketball experience, you know that I absolutely love brackets. I've never actually created a college baseball bracket until literally this weekend. So still somewhat new to it, but I have everything down and I know the ins and outs, I believe. So, um, yeah. Then after the bracketology, we are going to talk about some midweek games. Not as many this week as other weeks, as most schools have exams during the week. Um, So there's a couple of them that we'll talk about. No odds currently. It's 3 a.m. Eastern time, and we still don't have any odds. So that's just the way it goes in college baseball, especially with some of the news that has dropped recently. As we know on – Friday, uh, or Thursday it was, our last show was about Brad Bohannon, the head coach of Alabama, getting fired. Um, Now, no extra information, surprisingly, on Monday came out about the Bohannon situation. We know that uh, he was in cahoots with somebody that placed a bet in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the MGM Sportsbook connected to the Great American Ballpark which is the Cincinnati Red Stadium. He basically was on the phone with the better, um, and we assume that he shared information about their starting pitcher being scratched from Friday prior to the public finding out. Um, now, that's obviously a no-no. Um, and he's gone, and that's, I think, a good thing. Um, the competitive integrity of college sports is very important. Now, this new story from... The state of Ohio, or the state of Iowa, sorry, investigating the Iowa Hawkeyes and Iowa State athletic programs has, uh, again, once again, shaken up the markets here, and we haven't seen any odds come out today. Um, basically, what has happened here is that they basically – it's a domino effect from this Alabama situation and investigations have been ensuing in Iowa. 40 athletic personnel for the Hawkeyes are being investigated in uh, association of gambling on sports. We don't know anything further to that knowledge, but the way that it sounds is that it was not on college baseball and there was four players most notably keaton anthony who's their best player um so it sounds like it's not on college baseball which is if that's true then i think this is a different issue because i think that when we're talking about gambling in general my biggest take on this is if the NCAA allows sports books to advertise with school stadiums or they display betting odds on bracket release slash preview shows on ESPN or CBS or whatever, these athletes shouldn't be punished for playing a sport and then not being able to gamble on other sports that they're not involved with. Now I've mentioned it on the show before is 
you sign up for an online betting account, you put in your social security number and they also get your location. So the sports books can have the ability, if they have the ability to remove Illinois NCAA sports games from Illinois residents of the state, they should be able to remove access for an athlete. So that way they can't bet on their sport. So it's, it's just the same situation as, like if anybody follows the NFL, the Detroit Lions had the same situation. And it wasn't on NFL games that these players were placing bets. They were just placing bets on team facilities grounds. So or inside team facilities from what it stands or here from what I've heard. Um, so that's a no, no. But again, it's not really on the NFL games. And I just kind of disagree with that. And now. My buddy Brennan Moore on Twitter, uh, we went to high school together, and he mentioned this just on gambling in college sports. Like, if you were to require injury reports, similar to the NFL, uh, for all sports that you can bet on, so you can bet on college baseball, you can bet on college basketball, there should be a required injury report. That way, it limits the misuse of insider information. And it preserves the integrity of the sport. I thought it was an amazing statement from him. And it's something that we've been asking for, for years, years, years. Um, So, yeah, there's another 15 athletes in the Iowa State Cyclones athletic program that is being invested for uh, gambling on sports. And when you get competitive athletes and you put all these advertisements in front of them, they're going to want to win money. If they have any sort of competitive edge to them, when they want to watch a game, they want to have something else on it. And I know many NCAA athletes that do bet on sports games. And I am 21, if some of you don't know, and I know plenty of NCAA athletes that that bet currently. And I sent this article to numerous athletes that I know. And I'm just like, Hey, maybe just pump the brakes for a little bit. Um, this whole thing is just unraveling as we speak. And, uh, yeah, cause there's a few of them that listen to this show. There's a few of them that play baseball and gamble. There's a few of them that, you know, play football and gamble. I have a couple of just everywhere. And, uh, by the way, I'm repping my school, my former school's baseball attire. The Point Park Pioneers of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, won the River States Conference Tournament. So they are representing the RSC in the NAIA National Tournament. Shout out to my boys. So the Pioneers will be in the National Tournament for, for the third straight year, by the way, um, which was this would this was my uh, my squad and. They are rolling right now. They had two kids throw 15 and 16 innings in a four-day stretch. Just absolutely incredible from those two guys. Um, So I'm wishing them the best of luck in the national tournament. Before we get on into the NCAA college uh, baseball division one ranks, and we talk about some winners and losers from the weekend as we recap the action. Before that, let me tell you about Shady Rays as we're teaming up with them for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you have the chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with their premium polarized shades, customizable snow snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by their lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. When you wear Shady Rays, wear them with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off. 
two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. All right, let's jump into some of these winners and losers. I personally um, wrote down three, the top three winners, the top three losers of the weekend. Going to go in a little bit of depth here, and we're going to talk about the top 16 resumes in college baseball so far in my bracketology segment as I talk about the bracket that I made of my first ever for college baseball. I have plenty of experience making them for college basketball and just I love brackets in general and I know a lot of the tiebreakers and a lot of the criteria that goes into ranking some of these teams. I take some pride in, you know, trying to do it to the best of my ability, Um, but I don't project. I don't. I do it on if the season ended today. That is how we do it here at the college experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about some of these some of these takeaways from the weekend. My number one winner for the weekend was the Kentucky Wildcats. They proved that they are legit, and they swept South Carolina in their weekend series. In super impressive fashion, the Gamecocks, they are dealing with plenty of injuries, but the Cats, they did a great job in just taking advantage of of the Gamecocks when they weren't at 100%. They outscored them 30-12 to 12 in the series over the weekend. On Sunday, Zach Lee looked incredible on the mound. He had 12 punchouts and only two earned in 6.2. Kentucky, after this weekend, has put themselves in a pretty good spot to be a national host. My number one loser, the losers are going to be quick, but you just got to, they, they stuck out like sore thumbs. So we got to mention them. Number one loser is UCLA. The Bruins got swept at home by Cal. UCLA is now seventh in the Pac-12 and the RPI dropped 26 spots to 60th in the country. Number two winner of the weekend. For me, it was Clemson. I have the Tigers hosting a regional in my upcoming mock bracket after their sweep of Louisville. Eric Backage has the boys rolling, and I'll be talking more about them in the bracketology segment. As I mentioned, we'll be going deeper into their resume when we get there. The number two loser is Louisville, who is on the bad end of that sweep. Um, the cards are just 9-15 and 15 in the ACC, which is just not going to cut it when making a case to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, Clearly on the bubble right now for the cards. Um, Third and final winner of the weekend for me, it was Auburn. They knocked off the nation's top team or former top team in LSU uh, this weekend in Auburn, Alabama. It was huge for the Tigers as they now have 11 SEC wins. They were on the bubble earlier uh, this season, and now they have Ole Miss and Missouri left on the schedule. The safe number really is like 14 SEC wins, but we've seen teams with 13 get in. So you're now only asking for two to three wins against two of the bottom three teams in the SEC. Seems pretty doable to me. Auburn definitely won the weekend here. And the third loser also comes from the SEC. It was Tennessee for me. The Vols had teased everyone that they were back to being a contender to host a regional and they win game one in Georgia, but then they drop games two and three to the dogs. Tennessee is just two and 11 away from home and they just make too many mental mistakes, whether it's on the base paths or in the field on defense for this team. It was just too much to overcome uh, not being on of the weekend top three list here for me um before i jump into the bracketology let me hit one more ad and then we're ad free for the rest of the show i need to talk tall i need to talk to you about talkify they're a brand new sponsor with us with sgpn and life is full of what ifs so what if you try something new when it comes to dating talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles what if they help you find what you're looking for talkify is the number one modern matchmaking service in the country that is designed to help you achieve relationship success their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively here's how it works 
Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn what you are looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too hard to ask on first dates. From there on, your matchmaker plans your date, introductions, and handles all the communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% 80% of clients met their their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you co- become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I. Whoa, my bad. That is T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. P N. All right. And I want to plug this too. I have to write down something real quick here before I do it, but I want to plug our SGPN store. Um, sorry, just place my mic down while I get this, but we have a new line on the store. You can find this at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. The college baseball experience has merchandise. Now the college baseball experience has merchandise now. It's our logo. It's very simple. We have them in plenty of colors. So um, if you're not watching on YouTube, I just displayed one of them. It's red and yellow. Uh, weird matchup combination, but I, I felt it fit the description for college baseball. A lot of red teams, a lot of yellow teams that are doing well so far this year. I don't know. Just I, I didn't have much red in my wardrobe. Um, mainly because I'm a Michigan fan and fuck Ohio State, but yeah, that's why. And that's why we had to, we had to, we had to cop a red TCE baseball shirt. But yes, they are there for you. They're relatively cheap and they're great, made out of polyester. So uh, definitely recommend you picking up some in your school colors prior to the postseason here. Uh, if you love the show and want to show it off, if you're heading to any games over the next month and a half left of the season um sorry i'm moving around my notebook getting it to the right page here as we jump into bracketology um some of my favorite things to do in sports is make brackets like i mentioned absolutely love them um and to start it off with a bang my number one seed is a change from a lot of people's last week it's wake forest this week in my mock bracket the only other two teams that were in consideration for this top spot were lsu and vanderbilt unlike the two sec teams the deeks have not lost a single uh, weekend series wake is second in rpi ahead of lsu and vanderbilt and they have the most quad one wins in the country and no losses to bottom 200 teams so Wake Forest is my number one team in the NCAA tournament that I made a mock bracket for here. Uh, I'm sending Auburn from the SEC to Winston-Salem for the regional. They're also catching UNC Wilmington and Davidson. So two nice local teams there that are in the bottom half of their seed rankings, but also in the same region as Winston-Salem. So, Um, My number two team in the country here, I gave LSU the edge over Vanderbilt because the Tigers have a better road record at 10 and four compared to Commodores seven and six. Otherwise, when you're looking at the strength of schedules, the strength of wins and weekend performances, Vandy is right there and they are the three seed to me. So inside the two seed regional, it's Baton Rouge the Baton Rouge regional. I don't know why I said the two seed regional. So in Baton Rouge, I'm sending Troy uh, from the Sun Belt and Florida Gulf Coast as the three seed, Harvard as the four seed. Uh, Very, very friendly draw there, in my opinion, for LSU. Um, And then, like I mentioned, Vanderbilt was my three seed. The Nashville regional is holding Vanderbilt, Southern Miss, Kent State and Southeast Missouri State. So also, uh, you know, you have Southern Miss with uh, great pitching staff, but I think that one's also pretty favorable for the Commodores. Um, my four seed 
is what clearly tells you that when I do bracket projections, I'm not trying to predict what happens throughout the rest of the season. I do enough of that already betting on these games day by day. As of today, Kentucky is the number one RPI, the number one strength of schedule, zero losses against the bottom 200 teams in the country, and they have a winning record on the road and the sixth best non-conference strength of schedule. Props to Coach Menjoni. Uh, Coachman Joan for his scheduling and also kudos to that social media department because they have some of the best creative designs uh, in the country. And this weekend they were rocking with awesome Kentucky Derby themed uh, graphics um, in their sweep of South Carolina. So I thought it was really cool. Kudos to Kentucky. Now uh, the Lexington Regional is going to host Indiana Louisville and made very exciting one uh, featuring some, you know, what you would consider Northern teams in college baseball, I think um, in Indiana and Louisville, but uh, the nice little Kentucky rivalry uh, would be amazing there. The bluegrass state rivalry uh, feed me it. Give me, give me that in the regional final. Um, the Gamecocks do come in as my five seed here. They have the next, cleanest resume with no losses to the bottom 200 teams a 15 and 9 quad one record a 500 record on the road is questionable but they played the 66th best non-conference schedule and they have the eighth best overall schedule all while battling some injuries so it's been pretty impressive uh even with getting swept over this weekend at kentucky what the cox have done so far this season so we're giving the cox the fifth Overall seed, the Columbia Regional is going to play host to North Carolina, Iowa, which is a team on the bubble firmly. And my four seed that I'm sending there is Alabama State. Sixth, I have Stanford after a weekend sweep of Arizona State. Stanford is 31 and 13 with only one bad loss on the season, a 13 and 7 road record, and a non conference strength of schedule at 77th. They are 13 and 6 also against Quad One. The Cardinals 14th in the RPI, but we need a West Coast team in the top eight national seeds, and I think their resume is better than the next two national seeds. So, like I mentioned, we're sending. So, first, Stanford is hosting the regional. We're sending Dallas Baptist to Stanford. Also, you see Santa Barbara right there in the backyard and Loyola Marymount also right there by Stanford. So that one's going to be a nice little regional, regional, <laughs> the perfect term for what we're calling those. So Stanford regional, Stanford, DBU, UCSB, LMU. Um, seventh, we have, uh, I'm actually breaking a golden rule here. Hold on. I'm holding a microphone because my tripod was stolen in Las Vegas and my notebook is not wanting to cooperate with me today. I'm going to break a golden rule. I'm putting a fifth SEC team in the top eight um, as a national seed because I, I think their next, this team's next resume is the best remaining resume and it's Arkansas. They have the fifth uh, best RBI in the country. The big knock on the Hogs is that they have a losing record of six and seven uh, on the road with three losses to bottom 200 teams this year, but they have a 14 and seven quad one record, which is the third highest or third most quad one wins in the country. And they're leading the SEC in the regular season. So I think that deserves to be a national seed. The Fayetteville Regional contains Arkansas, Oregon State, Oh, get all the popcorn, folks. We're also – this is, I mean, a region of death maybe. Oklahoma. <laughs> we got Oklahoma, the runner-up of the 2022 National Championship. They are firmly on the bubble as well. And the four-seed Sam Houston State, Fayetteville, in the early running for toughest regional here on our mock bracket for the college baseball experience. My last national seed is Duke. The Blue Devils are 32 and 13 with only two losses to bottom 200 teams this year. They have a 14 and 8 quad one record, a 9 and 5 record on the road, and the 88th non conference strength of schedule with just two series losses on the season. In Durham, Duke is going to host Tennessee, Maryland, 
and Ryder. So there you have it. Those are our eight national seeds. Um, let me know where I went right, where I went wrong. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. The show, The College Experience, at TCE on SGPN on Twitter. Hit, her, hit us up. Add us. DM us. We don't care. Uh, we are all ears, and we aren't perfect by any means, but uh, we're ready to debate at any any point in time, me or Colby or Mac, whoever's behind the TCE count at the time. My ninth overall seed is Florida. They are 37-12, and 14-10 and 10 against quad one teams, only two losses against bottom 200 teams, and they're 9-6 and six on the road. My big knock against the Gators, though, is that they have the 160th ranked non-conference schedule, non-conference strength of schedule, um, which is worse than any of the national seeds that I have. Um, so just remember, Gator fans, I am one of you. I am a Michigan fan, but my aunt played basketball with the Gators. I consider myself a fan of Florida, and that's like my SEC team. That's my college baseball team. I am a Florida Gator fan. Gainesville is going to host in their regional Indiana State, Arizona State. So Florida, Arizona State, really uh, marquee teams in here. Indiana State, a nice little story out of the Missouri Valley Conference. They are top 10 in the RPI, but did not land a national seed uh, or a regional host here. And the four seed is San Diego State. They just draw the short straw from the West Coast, having to be sent to an SEC team. Uh, they were not ranked very high by yours truly in the four seeds category. Tenth, I put Clemson because this coaching job by my guy Eric Backage has been second to none, in my opinion. The Tigers missed the tournament last year, and they experienced a ton of roster turnover. They got swept by UCF early on in the season, and a couple weeks later, we found out that the Golden Knights were rolling bats. Now Clemson is rolling. They've won five series in a row with a 10-5 and road record, 31-17 and overall record, 14-10 and versus quad one, and they have the 14th-ranked non-conference strength of schedule with only three losses to bottom 200 teams. Clemson is my number 10 uh, ten seed in the NCAA tournament. They are hosting a regional in Clemson. Uh, they're hosting East Carolina in Clemson. They're hosting Texas State in Clemson, and they're hosting Nichols. All three of those teams have jumped up and, but and bitten top teams this season. Um, the Clemson-East Carolina matchup would be amazing amazing um i think we're actually seeing that this midweek we're going to talk about the midweek games at the end of the show but i think clemson east carolina is this week i think it's on tuesday or wednesday um virginia is the 11th seed for me they don't have a single loss to any of the bottom 200 teams they have winning records on the road and in quad one at eight and seven the knock on the who's is that their quality of play hasn't been as great lately losing four of their last five series also having a non-conference of 150 but when we're talking about virginia the pedigrees there they had a really hot start to the season and the work in the resume was big time early on so um, I, I think that still weighs heavy here, even though they're not performing at their best currently. But the Charlottesville Regional is going to host Virginia, Alabama, Xavier, and Central Connecticut. So they actually got a pretty good draw, in my opinion, um, depending on you know if Alabama's bats are going to be able to travel. Xavier, what are they going to be able to provide in Central Connecticut? So uh, a favorable regional there for Virginia. Um, the... Uh, Okay, I got to say it. I pissed heel, and Coastal Carolina comes in at number 12. The Chanticleers are 30-16 and 16 with an 8-6 and six quad one record, 11th in the RPI, only two bottom 200 losses, 11-7 and seven on the road, and they have played the third-best non-conference strength of schedule. Conway is hosting a regional if the season ended today, and they would be hosting NC State in that regional. They'd also be hosting the Anteaters of UC Irvine and Army. Great regional there. Really good. Uh, lots of great color schemes as well. The uniform matches would be outstanding there in Conway. Um, also, 
another myth that I am busting here in my mock bracket. I've got Campbell as my 13th overall seed. As of right now, I think the Campbell's re- uh, the Campbell's resume is better than some other regional host candidates, but those uh, those teams have more opportunities than Campbell ahead of them. And if people are projecting that Campbell won't host in their brackets, I can totally see that. And, you know, I wouldn't argue it. But me, I'd do it as if the season ended today. Where would these teams be ranked? And I've got Campbell 13th. Um, uh, and that would make it six host teams from Carolina, which is like almost unheard of. But Carolina baseball is all time good. And I, I've just ranked six of them in the top 13 in the country. Um, I like Campbell's resume right now. They're 36 and 10 overall. They have an 18 and seven record on the road, six and five against quad one teams. And they only have two losses against the bottom 200 teams in the country. Buies Queek, Buies Queek, clip that Noah, producer Noah, Um, whatever. Campbell is hosting Miami, Florida, Georgia, and Samford. So we got some Bulldogs in the three and four seeds there. And Campbell, Miami should be fun. Um, yeah, so that's that's uh, the Campbell Regional here. Coming in at 14 is my first Big 12 host, West Virginia. How was my uh, – I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Minnesota. No. Um, in my opinion – West Virginia is the clear best team in the conference in the Big 12. 36 and 12 overall. 18 and 7 on the road. They do have five losses to bottom 200 teams, but they've only lost two series all year and they own a 10 and 3 record versus quad 1 and a road series win against Oklahoma State. I'm taking Oklahoma I'm I'm taking West Virginia over Oklahoma State here in the national rankings. I got the Morgantown Regional 14th in the country west virginia is hosting boston college so west virginia is acting as the northeast representative i guess if you want to say that because they're also hosting northeastern and Wright state so morgantown it's got your taste of northeast baseball baby um i have oklahoma state speaking of the pokes 15th in the country and they can also somewhat qualify as a Western host site that would attract West coast teams and host PAC 12 teams in their regional. The pokes are 20th in the RPI with a clean record. They have no losses against the bottom 200 competition. They have a 33, 33 and 14 overall record nine and six on the road, nine and eight against quad one teams. And they have the 46th best non-conference schedule. That's good for 15th here in these rankings. The Stillwater Regional will host Oregon, Cal State, Fullerton, and in-state little brother, Oral Roberts. Going to be a fun one there. Um, and then last but not least, listen to this dilemma that I've put myself in. My 16th favorite resume right now is UConn's. They are 35-11 and 11 overall, 16-6 and six on the road with the 62nd best non-conference strength of schedule. Only four losses to bottom 200 teams in the country. But the catch is that I don't currently have a host from the state of Texas. And I think that the NCAA really wants a host from the state of Texas. Just because they are so, there are so many tournament caliber, play, uh, caliber teams looking for a place to play in that big-ass state. So I, I think the NCAA prefers to limit travel when they find it convenient, and that's going to point me to two teams for the final spot here, and it's not UConn. Um, it's Dallas Baptist or Texas. DBU is 36-12 and 12 with the 33rd non-conference strength of schedule. They're 12-8 and eight on the road with four losses to bottom 200 teams. But they have a two and seven quad one record, which kills them. So I have to, I have to give the edge the Longhorns resume here. They are thirty two and seventeen on the on the year, ten and seven on the road, sixteenth non conference strength of, strength of schedule, only two losses the bottom two hundred competition, and they have fourteen losses versus quad one, but they have eight quad one victories. So they're eight and fourteen in quad one. That's six more victories than DBU against quad one opponents. It, it 
it hurts me to do it, but I have to do. I have to give it to Austin, and they're going to host UConn uh, just because I think that UConn deserves that chance to get the weakest regional seed, um, even though they will be flying in from uh, Connecticut. Um, but we got Texas A&M and the Austin Regional, baby, and Houston, too. So one seed, Texas, two seed, UConn, three seed, Texas A&M, and four seed, Houston. Um that one's juicy, but I think my favorite regional here is Fayetteville. <laughs> Arkansas drew the seventh national seed, which is a little bit low, but I mean, it seems reasonable right now um, based on uh, their resume currently. And they are somewhat West. They are like the fifth most West team here in the NCAA tournament field, my mock bracket. So they catch Oregon State. And they're also catching Oklahoma, which is the NCAA tournament runner-up from a year ago, and Sam Houston State, which is good enough to beat uh, anybody in the country, I think. Um, that might be a far-fetched statement. Maybe I got caught just on the mic here. Hot, hot mic with Sam Houston take, but... Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Knocking on the door of hosting. I wanted to mention this. So, like, who is right there that could host if the season ended today? UConn, of course, because I already mentioned them and their resume. Boston College is in the mix. They are eighth in the RPI, 18-9 and nine on the road. Only one loss, the bottom 200 uh, competition. But they have a losing record in quad one at 11-12. and 12. The only host I have with a losing quad one record is Texas, and I explained why they got a nod. And West Virginia is already a good enough Northeast host, in my opinion. Lastly, with the 145th non-conference strength of schedule, it doesn't help your case to me when you also have a losing quad one record. So I'm not going to reward that. However, Notre Dame is on the schedule the last weekend of the regular season and that could help out the eagles case in that quad one uh losing record so maybe if they climb above the 500 line they scratch and claw their way into here and we get a true northeast host but i think west virginia would be good enough to just catch some of these northeast teams my last uh team that i, I thought was somewhat on this hosting bubble is Indiana State, but I really I don't I'm not buying into the Sycamores. They have the ninth best RPI in the country, but they've they've gotten rewarded by playing in the second best non-conference strength of schedule. But they're two and nine against quad one teams, and they're from the Missouri Valley. I just I don't I don't think that's going to cut it to be a top sixteen team in the NCAA tournament. So <clears throat> I think I put them in like nineteenth in my true one through sixty eight. Uh, I mean, true one through 64 rankings. There's my college basketball uh, talk, 68 teams in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, my true one through 64 rankings, I have Indiana State 19th behind UConn, BC, uh, UConn and BC there uh, as two seeds. So I want to touch on the bubble. The last four in, uh, the fourth team, like – the one that's safer of the rest of the pack here is Arizona State. The Sun Devils are 40th in the RPI with a 5-13 and 13 record against Quad 1. They have an 8-10 record on the road. Everything else on the resume looks good, so they just need to really avoid a black eye in the remainder of the season and improve on that Quad 1 record on the road record. Um, you can get back to 500 on the road and just make the Quad 1 games look a little bit more respectable. And they'll catch a they'll catch a bid from the West Coast. Um, Louisville, the Cardinals fall to thirtieth in the RPI. They are nine and fifteen in the ACC, and they've lost five of their last six series with a five and eleven road record and eleven fifteen record in against quad one teams. I'm taking a drink real quick before I continue. The Sooners of Oklahoma um, is the second to last team in Oklahoma's 26 and 22 on the year 45th in RPI they've seven losses 
to bottom 200 teams, but they are nine and seven in quad one, 10 and 10 on the road with the seventh toughest non-conference strength of schedule. OU hosts Oklahoma State in the final Big 12 series of the year. And then the final team that I have in, we talked about him at the beginning of the podcast. It's Iowa. The Hawkeyes are 30 and 12, but only 10 and 7 in a down Big 10 this year. Another tough stat for the Hawkeyes is that they are uh, the 178th best non-conference strength of schedule. They're 7 and 8 on the road, but only have four losses, the bottom 200 teams. And they're 500 with a 4 and 4 record in quad one games. And one of those wins was against LSU in the Round Rock Invitational. So Iowa barely gets the nod over the first team out that I have, and it's Notre Dame. If I included the Fighting Irish, that would have given the ACC 10 teams in the tournament, which is a lot. Um, What kept Notre Dame out of the mix was a 242nd ranked non-conference strength of schedule, a 10-12 record on the road, and four losses to bottom 200 teams. The next three out after Notre Dame, were Rutgers, Washington, and UTSA. So, yeah, like I mentioned, hit me up on Twitter. Hit TC up on TCE up on Twitter if you have anything on um, on our bracketology. Um, we will put out graphics on social media um, for these regional projections, um, like we did with the college basketball projections so um we're working on those graphics currently making brand new uh since we've never done them before but that should be fun we'll post uh some of the odds to win the college world series next to those teams shout out to shane vendrell uh coming in at 352 in the morning eastern time uh that's awesome (laughs) um yeah, I mean, I tried to tough it out and see if we get gambling odds on some of these Tuesday games. I'm refreshing my page. Let's see if we get them. <laughs> nope. All right. So let's just touch on some of the biggest games of the week. It's a little disappointing. But like I mentioned, the Iowa, the Iowa State, Alabama gambling news recently has just kind of put the market on alert, and it's disappointing. But it is what it is. Just – one bad apple kind of has to ruin it for everybody, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, the games that I have my eye on here that I think will get betting odds posted for. Um, Central Arkansas is at Dallas Baptist. Now, I, I, I don't think that they'll post odds for this one. And if they do, I don't think I would stray away from DBU here. Um, Also, the same thing stands for South Carolina. They host North Florida, who is 25 and 23 on the year, 11 and 13 in the ASUN. Uh, I I don't see the Ospreys Ospreys knocking down the game, knocking off the Gamecocks in that game. Um, A nice little um, Great Lakes region battle between Ball State and Indiana State. Um, Ball State 17 and 7 in the MAC, 30 and 16 overall. And like we mentioned, Indiana State's knocking on the door of a regional host. Um, I don't know. I would need to know pitchers for a lot of these matchups. So I'm just talking off the fly. I was going to do that anyways with odds, but maybe you just would be picking games based on what money lines had value. Um, but uh, Indiana State and Ball State is going to be a great game. Uh, UNCW and Campbell also going to be a good game. The Seahawks have been feisty so far this year. And Campbell, I highly respect. Like I mentioned, I put them 13th in the regionals uh, in my top 16 this year. I would probably take – Campbell because they didn't play in a weekend series, so their arms are pretty fresh. The bats might start off cold, but the arms should be good to go. Then UNCW or UNCG, UNC Greensboro. Uh, whoa, UNC Greensboro visits Wake Forest, number one team in the country. There's going to be odds on this one, but the Deeks are going to be like minus seven hundred. Um, also, Coastal Carolina, the Citadel. I don't think there will be odds on that game. Ryder at Duke, there will 
probably be odds on this one, but Duke's going to be probably minus 400. I would, I would need to check on Duke's midweek performances because Ryder's one of the better teams in the MAAC. Do I think they would knock off Duke? No, but I'm just interested to see who they would be throwing in this game. Duke also, I don't think they played a full uh, weekend series over the weekend. Um, so their arms are probably fresh. It's probably not a great play to be on Ryder, but if we're catching like plus 300, plus 400, the Bronx might not be a terrible look there. Um, probably the matchup of the day is Vanderbilt against Louisville. Um, kind of lost its luster with Louisville getting swept by Clemson, but they do host the doors here. Um, and Vanderbilt has dropped a couple of midweeks this season, and Louisville desperately needs a big win. This is probably my favorite angle so far of the day, taking Louisville on the money line just out of pure desperation that they need to win this game. Tennessee Tech, Kentucky, we've seen Tennessee Tech games offered uh, lately, but uh, I wouldn't stray away from Kentucky here. Austin P against Tennessee. Tennessee can't afford any slip-ups. I, I think you got to go Tennessee, but I don't even know if odds will be offered on that game. A big one here in the Northeast, as Northeastern travels to Maryland, that one's going to be a good one. Um, and I would need to check on the pitching matchup because Maryland's staff hasn't had the greatest season so far, but you also have to take into account some of the competition that Northeastern has played, although the CAA, the top of it, is really good and maybe even better than the Big Ten, but I think the bottom of the CAA is not as good as the Big Ten. So it would be interesting to see who is throwing for each team there and who's the dog. Like Who, who are the books respecting more? Is Are they going to overprice this one at all for the favorite? That one's going to be interesting to see where the odds are put at. Um also, the Commonwealth Classic, <coughs> East Carolina, and Old Dominion are playing in Norfolk. Norfolk. I, I've been told it's Norfolk by Terrell Furman. Um, I don't know if he's trying to get me to say fuck because I'm a northerner, but I've been told it's Norfolk, Virginia. Um, I would take East Carolina just because I really believe in that team this year. I think their pitching staff is super deep. But the Old Dominion bats are really good. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd go ECU there. I wouldn't be laying a buck fifty on them, but I would lean ECU. <clears throat> I don't know if Abilene Christian and Texas Tech odds will be out there, um, but Texas Tech also needs that one. I think they're on the outside looking in in the NCAA tournament field. Northwestern State, LSU, nice little in-state matchup there we've seen lsu drop one of these games to Nichols earlier on in the season um who knows what could happen there but i i would i wouldn't play it personally in-state matchup in oregon as portland travels to oregon state portland's 24 and 18 on the year 13 and 8 in the west coast conference um, but oregon state's just kind of found their offense lately and i wouldn't be fading them with their pitching staff as well stanford on the road at santa clara this one might not be a bad play as stanford they swept arizona state in uh tempe but uh it would be a perfect left letdown spot for against the Santa Clara team, who's twenty-seven and fifteen on the year, thirteen and eight in the WCC. Seems pretty reasonable to call for an upset there in Santa Clara. And ironically, not ironically, uh, UConn has canceled their midweek game against Long Island <coughs> RBI um, on Wednesday. Uh, again, just kind of really talking out of my ass, like I just did, because we have no odds. Radford at Virginia. Now, if I were to place a bet, I would place a bet that this game doesn't even get played. <laughs> this one would kill our uh, Virginia's RPI because uh, Radford's nine and thirty-nine, one and twenty in the Big South this year. So yeah, that one I don't even think it will get played. Game two of Ryder and Duke. Interesting uh, midweek there. Then Clem. Okay, so it wasn't Clemson East Carolina. It's Clemson Coastal. Carolina. My fault earlier on in the show, if I teased that to anybody, it's Clemson Coastal Carolina. And for me, I'd probably take the Chanticleers bats 
as they are hosting this one. Uh, I don't think you can fade them in a midweek at home. Um, West Virginia travels to Pitt in the backyard brawl. They're going for a season sweep. Man, I think that would be a good spot for a dog in a rivalry series that I, I, the Panthers wouldn't want to get swept at home against WVU. Um, however, uh, interesting story for the Mountaineers here is Blaine Traxel, their ace, one of the guys had a home run in their Sunday game, and Traxel ran onto the field with a catcher's mask strapped onto a traffic cone on top of his head, and he got suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> so, or he got ejected from the game for unsportsmanlike conduct, and he suspended one game. So, I mean, he he probably could have relieved here because it's a big rivalry game. Um, he could have relieved, but uh, most likely he wasn't even going to pitch in this game. So it's like a slap on the wrist for the kid, and that's all that really should be, is they shouldn't even penalize kids for celebrating on the field. Let the kids play. Um, Florida International plays Miami. Um, I feel like this game probably would see odds just because there's not many games on Wednesday due to exams most likely. Um, Miami, I don't think you can fade in this spot, so I'd take Miami over FIU. And then UConn is hosting Hofstra. Um, probably go UConn there. So a lot of – a lot of chalk in the midweek, but we know there's a lot of madness. I really just need odds in front of me to really feel comfortable and pointing you in any direction with these games. But I felt like I should talk about them a little bit. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the weekend uh, series, some of the best series of the weekend. And then hopefully there's betting odds on Thursday night for me to do a show giving out picks because that would be great. So we can stop with all this nonsense and stupid shit that keeps coming out on gambling in college baseball. I mean, like I mentioned earlier in the show, it's just a couple of bad apples ruining it for everybody. Shout out to Carson Bowser who just jumped into the the YouTube live stream as uh, the show is coming to a close here. Um, I mentioned it early on in the podcast, but follow me on Twitter at 77NB. Follow the show on Twitter at TC on SGPN. Uh, buy some merch. Got a brand new line for college baseball on the SGPN store. There's the shirt right there. Nice polyester. Good material. Uh, just throw it on the bed right behind me. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun midweek. Uh, we, got a, we got a smaller slate, which allows us to pay more attention and watch some of these games more intently um, than trying to catch 50 of them on a Tuesday. Um, in three hours because they're all being played at 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, so thank you all for listening. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball, and I'll talk to you all again soon. Adios, amigos.